Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Lance, do you ever think to yourself, hey, I don't know Revit. It's 2020. I should probably know Revit. Well, it's kind of like the dream I had this morning. I went, I uh, woke up early, went back to, went back to bed, and in between uh, my first waking up and then the second one, I had a nightmare that my wife threw away the coffee maker. For real? So it's, yeah. So, you know, what if, what if I've had the dreams before, maybe I forget Revit. So, yes. <laughs> that was the smoothest transition story that has ever been told. Ever. So if you're in that boat, <laughs> go to RevitRocketShip.com. That's where yours truly, myself, Al Gore, Lance, I think you make some appearances on it, teach you Revit. We've taught university students, other professionals, and this is what we use to train everyone that comes to F9. You also get our template, the template that we update and uh, advance every year. So it's a great way to learn Revit. Go to RevitRocketShip.com. Do it now. Don't have your wife throw away your, your coffee maker. In your dreams. Yeah. Or for real. Either yeah. one. Either way. You got to have that coffee. Yeah. I get in trouble for my wife's dreams all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. I'm in trouble. Well, I told her I was really happy with her. I was like, thank you for not theoretically throwing away the coffee maker because I'm enjoying this coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Al, it could be a while before we're attending trade shows again. Yes, it could. So uh, what's our plan to stay up to date with new products? Well, I'll tell you what. ArcCat. ArcCat works with leading manufacturers to showcase their products and host their technical data. See what's new from your favorite manufacturers or find a product you didn't know you needed. We even work with manufacturers to list their latest continuing education courses so you can get those credits while you stay home. Best of all. That's good. It is. Best of all, everything they've mentioned is free. That's right. ArcCat doesn't charge nor require registration for anything that they've mentioned. So use ArcCat, that's A-R-C-A-T dot com, to keep up with the latest and greatest architectural products today. If you don't have a computer, you can't do either one of those. Because it's online training. ArcCat's online. How are you even surviving without a computer in this day and age, right? It'd be pretty impressive. Pretty tough. Yeah. So if you need one, or if just the computer you're using is old, go to dell.com forward slash inside the firm. Guess what will happen? If you put in your email, you receive a coupon, you get 10% off. 10% off. Take it off. From now until uh, next Wednesday. So the end of this month. So you have a short limited time. 10% on like a $2,000 machine is yep. 200 bucks. Next Wednesday, meaning July 1st. Yep, July 1st. Take that money. I don't know what you could do. Buy your kids something. Buy your I, wife I, I, something. I would buy some fireworks. Buy yourself a coffee maker. An extra if one, just in case your wife theoretically throws it away in your dreams. Once she does, you go, ha ha! <laughs> I got <gotcha." laughs> Then she throws that away. Ah. All right, then you're out of luck. So then that's a, that, that's that's your decision. That is your what decision. to do with that free two hundred dollars? Yep, it's not ours. Okay, let's get serious. Uh, things things are still going crazy, right? Yep. yep. Uh, and change is happening. I actually think it's probably a bigger change than most people are realizing right now. I agree. Um, so what do we do in that change if that change does come and what, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And before I riff, do you have any thoughts on that? That change is coming? I just keep thinking about that Atlantic article. I still can't believe... First of all, I can't believe the Atlantic wrote a good article. Second of all, that article is really good. It's the one where he talked about how we compressed 10 years of growth mm. into two months. And that, uh, and, that, and that the technology really allowed us to keep the economy at least floating, yep. right? Um, so. Yep. We're, my, my big overall takeaway is realize what you don't know. Interesting. Realize what you don't know is the first step. Because remember when your kids were getting in school and, and like, what do I know about child education? I know nothing yeah. about child education. Yeah. Lance knew probably nothing too. Yeah. But then you, there was this program where you could learn what the school board was doing. You could learn what the teachers are oh, doing. Oh, yeah. Right? You could yep. learn what, what they're actually it. doing. Yep. So rather than just propose ideas and shoot things out there about things that you have no idea what's happening, I would say stick to something where you have a deep knowledge of, right? Because everyone, there is someone who has a deep knowledge of education or something like that. And then look at first principles, right? Because I think that people are going to think that the obvious solution is to change the systems and make more rules. And this is just me personally, right? I don't, I don't think that's the answer. And here's why it's borne out repeatedly is that when industries or governments really change, it's when a new system comes out that competes with it. That's better than it to somehow go within the system and, and utterly change that you'll get some, you'll get some things done, but you're not going to, you're, you're not going to get the change that you want. Yeah. And, and here's why I'm talking about and cautioning it is that some people like Donald Trump. Some people don't. Some people want Bernie, not Bernie, Joe Biden. Some people don't. Some people think if, if Biden gets in, that will be the solution. Yeah. I'm almost telling you my prediction is it will not. Because, <laughs> because government, the people that vote him in, he won't be able to enact what they want. It's just impossible. We've seen it with every president. So it's the, the, the not federal, against Biden. Right. The federal government moves very slow. It is right? a giant ship that like good luck even making it turn a degree. Right. And let's say, let's say it turns a degree and let's say it turns to agree for the better. Benefit of the doubt. Sure. It still will not be enough. Yeah. It still will not be enough, right? So now what is your role in this? And I think that your role should be the sane actor, right? And uh, the sane actor thinking about how you can help these problems and think about it. There's a lot of talk about, you know, systemic problems, systemic racism. A, a less volatile word is, um, is looking at the fundamentals, right? Looking at, at first principles and really questioning what you think you know. So going back to that, going back to what you know and then learning about it. Because here, here's, let's take a topic that, that architects actually have influence on or actually know something about, right? And that is affordable housing is a problem. Yep. If it's unaffordable, it gets you trapped in a location. It's hard to make mortgage payments. It's hard to uh, move. Um, and you maybe can't even live in the city that you want to, right? Sometimes a knee-jerk reaction solution, again, this is my opinion, is to have an affordable housing mandate, right? But think about what that might mean. Because when you have an affordable housing mandate, it means that that supply stays affordable forever, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, how they make wealth and move up is that their house increases in value. And then they either take out a loan on that or they sell that and they get that cash. So are you systemically creating a problem where essentially you're making this affordable housing and you're keeping people from making that money. 
Unintended consequences. Unintended consequences. The other thing a lot of cities will do is that they'll <clears throat> there's multiple, multiple problems. And what they're turning into is is a not. So a lot of cities will say, well, we also need to be green, so we need to limit growth, right? So all of a sudden you have affordable housing mandates and you limit growth. And what you do when you limit growth is that now you have less supply, right? Which means prices go up besides those affordable housing, which means you have a bigger barrier. You have a bigger barrier between those that have and those that don't. Mm-hmm. And you're you're literally contributing to this, yep. right? And then when you have that lower supply, you still have city infrastructure. So you're adding on to the bureaucracy and the cost. So you're compounding it in this Gordian knot that's that is hard to untangle right and there are so so what do you do in that one is is you can be a voice of reason right two you you can um i'm going to explain a graph to everyone and i think everyone will get it because even though you don't see it because you've went through high school economics there's charts that i follow in denver about the housing supply and the prices and prices shoot up and down if we take away covid right that's an anomaly and every time when they started coming down i switched to the second graph that looked at supply and guess what happened what happened supply went up yeah (laughs) so it's a simple supply demand curve what i'm saying is that if you if your answer is to just add on more layers and more complexity there's unintended consequences to that and if you have a voice of reason, I think you should be able to speak speak it out, right? And and here's the other one. Let's say let's say you are a uh, advocate for um, sustainability, right? You can you can keep adding on regulations and all that to to mandate it. Now you might want to examine whether that's going to add another layer onto this system where now you're increasing the housing costs and maybe you have lower supply because of the other rules and maybe you get into a gridlock. I hate to say it. Um, <laughs> not everyone can do this, but do you know what Tesla's uh, solar panels cost now for four uh, giga, uh, yeah, kilowatts of power? $7,000. Wow. Price is coming down. That's about half of my solar. That's half the price that my solar array cost, and I have a four kilowatt system. And that was what, a couple years ago? Five. Five years ago? So the price got cut in half mm-hmm. in five years? Yep. So... I would rather people think about these housing problems as what solution can you make? What new solution can you make to help solve it? Not what barriers or restrictions you can put on other people's, but what solutions can you actually create and come up with, right? And let's go on the Elon thing. If you said NASA or Boeing, please make a rocket that lands on itself and hear all the regulations. I mean, they didn't do it by themselves. There was no way they were going to do it cost effectively if you put regulations on it. Mm Mm-hmm. You got to innovate. We have to innovate our way out of this. That's what I'm getting at. And you have to innovate your way out of it. Not telling someone else to innovate their way out of it, which is what I just did. Not telling other people, not regulating other people. To innovate their way out of it. Yes. It's actually doing it. Yeah. I like that, Al. Uh, Okay. Well, here's the topic I'd like to talk about. Um, Because this happens. Uh, It could be, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it happens. It doesn't matter how you're engaged with this person, but you're going to have to deal with insufferable people. And the temperature and the patient, the temperature of everybody 
what's a better way to put this? The few, everyone's on edge. Everyone's, every, everyone's on, on edge. Their fuse is very short right now. You can just feel it across the spectrum. Yeah, I was listening to Joe uh, Joe Rogan's uh, podcast. Uh, who did he have on? It wasn't Bill Burr. Some, somebody else recently. Oh, uh, Colian Noir. It was awesome. Who but, is that? Uh, a black guy that's a gun rights activist. He's, okay. he's great. Um, he was on there, and he, and Joe mentioned to him. You know, they were talking about the the lockdowns and everything, and he says his his example was he was like, I could even tell that drivers were even more aggressive. In LA, which is like they're already aggressive, mm-hmm. but they were even more aggressive. So yeah. I think with everybody on edge right now for all of these different reasons, uh, we should talk about how to deal with insufferable people. Okay. So, so I found this great article. It's at allbusiness.com forward slash 10 tips for dealing with insufferable people. You could find it yourself. Um, so the first, the first tip they give you is look at yourself first. Number one, consider what's going on in your own life, right? Are you under a lot of stress? Are you dealing with some personal turmoil? So maybe you're being overly sensitive and as a result, overreacting to the situation, which if you just take that pause, maybe wait a day to respond to that email, a day to respond to that text message, at least let them know that you received it. Have a cool off period. Happens to you and me all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Yep. Try that. Number two, get feedback from others. I think that's why Alex and I are, are so adamant about like if you're if you're listening to this and you want to start a firm, if you want to start your own business, if you can't find a business partner, fair enough, at least find a mentor, right? So you could get the feedback from them. Uh, go ahead. And the easiest way, join the Entree Architect Facebook community. Yep. Mark, Bunch of people there. Mark was, t- Mark was talking about that, I think, when we did the uh, ArcCast about how people just find mentors in there. It's fantastic. Some, some gal was asking the other day, I need a mentor. Boom. I mean, it was like hundreds of comments. People are ready, people are ready to do it. Like for me, it's an honor to be a mentor. Al, Al, I think, feels the same way. I got two or three of them. Yeah. Like uh, there's people, uh, there's a young guy that was messaging me yesterday. He's a friend, not business related, but he started this little news company, like a little website. And he was asking me and it was great. Um, so get, the, get that feedback from others. Number three, initiate a conversation. So maybe talk openly to that individual about what you were experiencing. Um, and then, you know, the, the tricky part about wading through that is being careful not to place blame, but rather just explain how their behavior makes you feel. I just went to, I just, our family did a little bit of uh, therapy over with the lockdowns. It was just tough on people. Mm-hmm. And this was a, this was a critical part that, sh- that the gal taught me was uh, use, use the I word. So for example, when you do this, I feel as though you are attacking me. And then you might be pleasantly surprised to find the other person who's willing to modify their behavior once they become a, become aware of the issue. Just mm-hmm. tell them, here's how I feel. Yep. And for men, maybe that's a t- tough thing to do. I don't know. For yeah. me, it's not. Uh, just do, do that. Super yep. helpful. Uh, uh, along that lines, that's, it's a great point because one, let's say someone's insufferable or on the other side for you, of, of you, especially in this climate of change um some people might be opposed to you but you might be feeling that they're out to get you and this is weird because most of the time they aren't out to get you most of the time they aren't out to get you sometimes they are yeah but most of the times they're not yeah i think lowering your guard with that i think it's an easy thing to think that they're out to get you but getting to the point where you can say 
I, I feel I feel like you think I'm out to get you. How much how how much would that help? And and to let them know that I'm not I'm not here to I'm not here to get you. Yeah, I'm here to try to work with you. Yep. Uh, number four, keep your cool. Obviously, um, whatever you do, don't don't try to get you know how if, if, if whatever kind of mechanism you need to put into place to where you can feel the temperature rising within yourself. Whether it's and then you know if it's a slow count, you know one, two, three, up to ten. Make, make that happen. Number five, don't engage or encourage. So learn, learn to manage conversations with the difficult individuals so you're not engaging them or encouraging them, you know, their offending behavior, right? And sometimes I don't think you can, I think it's, it's difficult, because, especially with email or text messages. They always come off cold. Yes, you can add little emojis and stuff like that, but, you're, but at the same time, you're trying to be a professional, so you're, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Um, so for example, if the person is an obnoxious braggart or a vicious gossiper, then learn to change the subject, cut the conversation short keep, to keep moving it ahead. Uh, number six, limited interaction. This is, uh, I think this is a really good one. Like don't go out of your way to engage that person if they're just toxic. Um, number seven, don't make it personal. And if they try to make it personal, just stay on course, keep it professional um, and then number eight and number nine, it gets to a point where we're starting to maybe break down, uh, report the behavior. That's, I think if you're in a workplace, let's say you are, uh, you're not a, you're not the owner of the business, but don't feel afraid. I think to talk to your boss, your boss is a terrible boss. If you won't, he or she won't allow you to hear, hear you out, hear you out about having to deal with this insufferable person, because maybe you need to step in at that point and stand up for them and say something to the tune of I feel as if you are attacking my employee right or we we our firm feels as feels as if um, we're being treated unfairly about this um, then nine if the problem just becomes insurmountable can't handle it right just move on ask for a transfer to a different department ask to get taken off the project um, move that around right and the last thing you, you could just quit um, which kind of leads me to my next, my next little segment, and that is, it is okay to say no. Hmm. So, <clears throat> with the economy doing what it's doing, even though for for us, real estate seems like it's still. I mean, we just hired somebody. I just we're now booking out weeks ahead with new projects because I I keep signing contracts. I have another meeting down in Denver today for a little tenant finish. The inquiries to keep coming in. People seem to be taking out reverse mortgages. That's Every person that I've met with who is who has signed with us recently or is doing a residential remodel, they're all taking out reverse mortgages and that's how they're funding these additions and remodels. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean, so that might not be your case. Like I don't know where, maybe, maybe, maybe in your part of the country, not, not where we're at, is that's not happening. And it's, you're starting to get hungry. I, I think it's always a good reminder to, let, to tell everybody that it's okay to say no. So there was a, there was a potential client I met with a couple of weeks ago, and I ju- it was just, the first phone call was weird, um, because this person was trying to dictate to me how our process would work, and I thought, oh maybe they're just misinformed, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I go, hey, I'm happy to explain our process to you in a meeting. Mm. Here's a link. Uh, if this is your cell phone, I'll send you the link to my Calendly. You can book book a time. I'll come out, take a look at the house, walk around, show you the show you how we work. Sure. It, it continued that kind of insufferability 
continued. And I walked away from the meeting going, this would be a great commission uh, monetary wise. This would be a great commission in this neighborhood. Uh, but I, I, this would be a, this would be a terrible experience yeah. for maybe a year or two. Mm. I mean, right. That's the other perspective. So like, do we need the work too? Absolutely. When you're, especially when you're, when you are hiring somebody, even, even though Alex and I have hired, I don't know, dozens of people at this point, I still get a little nervous when you, when I hire somebody and we're going to hire somebody and that we have enough work lined up and getting them into the flow of things. But I still said no. So I just simply wrote that person back and said, we don't have the time. So here's five reasons why I would layer on to why it's, besides my anecdotal story, why, why, why it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. Number one, you don't owe anybody anything. You don't. Just because you met with them, there's no, there doesn't mean to be, you don't have to do anything for anybody at all unless you, yep. unless you are engaged in the proposal and the contract. So you haven't done that yet. You don't owe anybody anything. Yep. Number two, you can never control everybody's opinion of you. This one, this one for me is like right in my soul. That's why I'll be honest with you. Like I don't really give a shit what most people think about me. I care what Alex thinks about me. I think of what my wife thinks about me. I care what my employees think about me and my, and my clients. But beyond that, my clients that I have engaged with, I don't, I can't, I can't control their opinion, mm. nor do I want to. So if that, that gives, for me, it's always given me solace where I'm just like, nope, I'm going to be, I'm going to be me. Yeah. I'm going to be me. Yeah. Uh, number three, you're the only one who can really identify your priorities in life, right? And your firm. So while that cl- that potential client, for instance, had their own set of priorities, which did not match with ours, that was a red flag. It was like, right. nope, don't do it. Uh, number four, you're your number one citizen. You are you. You're the individual. You matter the most. Your happiness. Your happiness. If you aren't happy, mm. like, are you even living? Yep. Honestly, if you if you are unhappy and miserable, especially in this climate, like why wouldn't you avoid that stuff? So just say right. no, right? And number five, life moves on. There will be new clients. Two weeks later, like I just said, all kinds of new clients, people I want to work with, people I'm excited to work with. I don't have to work. I know I am even happier that I said no to that person now in hindsight. That's the hardest hurdle. Yes. That is the hardest, hardest hurdle. Because I remember when um, a phys- that physically happened with money exchanged, I was buying my second house, no, my first house, but I put offers on other houses and I finally got this one house and I, and I stopped all the alerts for, you know, new houses from, you know, tr- whatever those websites are that, that give you alerts. And it was like, Man, I'm I'm so glad I got this because it seemed like all my options I didn't have any other options. A couple of weeks later I looked and guess what? They were still sell- selling houses. There was still other houses. Yep. And and I don't, think don't it, get FOMO, fear of missing out. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I think that last one is the hardest one, but it's definitely very, very true. Yep. Yep. Okay. Can I read you an email? Yeah. All right. I'll read you an email. Can I say Who's yes, I, I asked him for permission. He's a friend of ours. We oh, talked yeah. with him. It's you Richard know, uh, Sanford. Richard Sanford. Yeah. He goes, hey, Lance. <clears throat> uh, I just did my first virtual consult, uh, consultation with a couple in Philadelphia. I got to say that this may be the way going forward for me to do an initial consultation. The project is for a two or three story addition. So they didn't walk me through their house. I did have the Google 3D map of their property up and on the screen. 
along with the Philadelphia website uh, called Atlas. Hey, the name of my kid. Yeah, yeah. Which has property deeds and zoning data, along with the property's permit history. Since I could share that screen with them, we are able to discuss the possible zoning issues in the call. Instead of writing the issues down and telling them, I'll get back to them. The best part was they agreed on a fee and hired me on the call. I also got them uh, on my project schedule, schedule, which has never happened for me during initial consultation. Now I got to set up a calendar or similar app or schedule appointments. I think you mentioned that on your podcast that you use Calendly. Is that correct? Also, give my best wishes to Al. I know he's the super cool one of you two, and I just wanted to give a shout out to that man because I admire him so much. <laughs> wow, Richard. <laughs> the last paragraph that he didn't actually say. Uh, yeah, it's debatable. <laughs> it's debatable. Uh, yes, it is Calendly, uh, and I'm more, more or less answering that just for everybody. I really love that app. Like, I, 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 uh, I regret not having that app in place, I don't know, five years ago mm-hmm. because it, it's so easy to, like I said, even sometimes even if I'm, and I'm going to tell myself here, but if I'm driving and I answer the call and I'm using, I'm using, um, I'm Bluetooth. Yes. Bluetooth. So I'm, so I'm following Colorado law. However, you know, like that insufferable potential client that I didn't, I'm not going to work with. Uh, I said, yeah, after you get a phone call, I'll shoot you, give you a text here. Um, shoot you my Calendly link. And then people, people book that way. It's just been I don't have to look at my calendar. It's so easy. And it, I think it gives clients, this is just me going on a limb, potential clients, just, I think it's what they expect these days as far as uh, quickness and responsiveness and ease of being able to work with somebody. So I highly recommend that. And the other cool thing, I think I'll I'll re-mention it again is, let's say you set up, you can set up all these different types of meetings. So I have like seven different types of meetings now. The one that Richard is kind of mentioning <clears throat> is what the virtual one is. There's two different ones I have for that. One, they can they can book it, and then it automatically links to my Zoom account, and and the Zoom link and everything is all set up, and we're all on the same page. The other one is if we're gonna do FaceTime, um, and so some people want to use you know their iPhone for FaceTime and walk me around the house and stuff like that. So I'm super glad that uh, to hear from you, Richard, and that it's working out for you. I think to kind of circle, bring the whole circle around like Alex is talking about, all these changes, all these changes are coming. This is one of the changes. And if you're not offering this stuff, because Texas just, I don't know if you know this, Al, but Texas just shut down. They said by noon today, uh, Governor Abbott said um, bars, you got to shut down at noon because they're spiking again with their cases. Yep. Florida. Uh, DeSantos said uh, as of noon, in Florida or something like that. Either today, it doesn't matter. They can't serve alcohol. Meaning, well, what do we? What uh, do we? Yeah, you're gonna, I mean, yes, yes, you could go get a cold uh, virgin pina colada or something like oh, that. Shit. But like, so this isn't going away. You know, who knows? I, I think, I think it is going to be the whole year. And then because people are changing their behaviors, and maybe they find more ease in this and doing Zoom meetings. And I mean, this is like this virus reminds me of the internet in terms of its disruption for better or for worse for society, right? Yeah. It is going to fundamentally change enough things that you got to, you got to at least be able to catch some of these waves. So yeah, do what you will. 
Cool. With that, let's move on to our best friend, Nick, with Nick Reads. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. I love the freedoms we got in this country. I appreciate your freedom to burn your flag if you want to. But I really appreciate my right to bear arms. So I can shoot you if you try to burn mine. Johnny Cash. Stay safe, friends. Turn off the national media. Toodles! And I would say turn on Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. And you should watch, uh, what is it, Walk, is it Walk a Mile? Is that what it is? Walk a Mile? A Mile? Is that what it is? You know what I'm talking about? Walk the Line. Watch the new Walk the Line with, I love the, I love his name, uh, jo- is Joaquin. Joaquin, ah, Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Our insulator's name is jo- Joaquin. And he's it's a awesome. cool name. Not enough Joaquins running around. Yeah. You're going to want to, you're going to look at it and you're going to say... Jokin, but it's Joaquin. Yeah. So if you're having a baby, consider that. <laughs> consider that. All right. What do we got next, Al? Uh, let's do ARE Jeopardy. Here we go. All right. Question number one. What is the best type of insulation for sound abatement? Is it A, bat insulation, B-A-T? Is it B, spray foam? Is it B, blown-in insulation? Or is it D, rock wool insulation? It's actually, and how dare you correct? That was a joke. <laughs> it's supposed to be B-A-T insulation. <laughs> oh, okay. He's giving them a hint. Hey, you guys want me to read that again? Oh, as long as those bats didn't come from China. That's all. Best insulation <laughs> for sound abatement. A, bat insulation. B, spray foam. C, blown-in. D, rock wool insulation ddc it is d rock wool insulation and if you want to experience that uh go into the fire riser room to see what it's like i can feel it almost feels like a sound room in there that's the difference you think it it crushed it's gonna crush i do but it doesn't matter what i think it doesn't matter what you <laughs> it think. matters what yeah. other people you think got it all right question two what is the absolute minimum a roof needs to slope two drain pipes. Minimum, a roof needs to slope two drain pipes. A, three sixteenths of an inch. Absolute minimum. B, one eighth of an inch. C, 1.5%. D, one quarter of an inch per 10 feet. A roof to drain to a pipe. Drain pipe. We have AAD. The answer is D. And it's actually lower than what we would ever expect because it's a quarter of an inch per 10 foot. Not 2%, which is normal, or an eighth of an inch per foot. That is really, really low. It's too low. Not that I recommend it. You get ponding. Uh, number th- super low. Yeah. <laughs> number three, as defined in ACSE 7-05, Chapter 6, a building has how... Uh, uh, a building has how 
each wall, oh, how did I say that? End building, the building. All right, let me rephrase this. Has how, at least how much, okay. As defined in ACSE 7-05, chapter six, a building has at least how much percent open? A, 60%, B, 70%, C, 80%, D, 90%. So in order to meet ACSE 7-05, chapter six, a building has to have at least how much percent of each wall open? A, 60%, B, 70%, C, 80%, D, 90%. That's the better way to phrase it. That was a tough one. Uh, we have we got B, we've got B, we've got A, and the correct answer is C, 80%. What three, number four, what three items is an architect responsible for evaluating during schematic design per AIAB 101? A, owner's program, B, basic layout, C, schedule, D, budget. Again, what three items is an architect responsible for evaluating during schematic design per AIAB 101? A, owner's program, B, basic layout, C, schedule, D, budget. Which three? Do, 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 do. What do we got? These these gentlemen are thinking thinking hard. Uh, we have A, B, D. We have A, C, D. And we have A, C, D. Both A, C, D are correct. What, what do we got for scores? Do we need the tiebreaker today? We got two. One, two. Got to have a tiebreaker. All, All right, right, Al, you're the tiebreaker. And it's just quickest to answer the question, right? Okay, <clears throat> here's the question. What is a request applied for by the building owner to the planning department for permission to deviate from an ordinance called? Lance, you got to look. We got it. Yeah, Mark's got it. Mark's got it. V variance, did you have it too? Yeah, yeah. that one's a pretty Mark, easy. where are we eating? Runza! <laughs> Mark Rots Runza for some random reason. <laughs> How dare you make us all eat Runza? Um, <clears throat> other than that, if you, uh, last, last words, if you want to learn Revit, go to RevitRocketShip.com. That's all I got, Lance. That's all I got, too. Send in, uh, actually, one more thing I got is uh, send in any listener questions. We love it. If you, if, uh, even if there's an old, old episode, there's something we covered and you need more clarification. If you're wondering, want to pick our brain, we're always around. You can email me at lmc at f9productions.com or akg at f9productions.com, and we will see you next week.